Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. We've been looking at a series the past month now on the subject of prayer. I came into this topic thinking, but Lord, everybody knows about prayer. I mean, any Christian should know that. You know, they, just, they became a Christian through the sinner's prayer or whatever prayer they prayed. But I must tell you, church, that I'm feeling the water level rising in the area of prayer. And I hope that in your own life you are experiencing a new confidence that's coming. There's many different types of prayer. There's just the prayer of worship and being quiet with the Father for times alone. And then there's times when you come together with one or two other believers and agree for one another for breakthrough and for mountains to move. And we proclaim and prophesy in prayer, agreeing on earth, taking authority on earth and heaven agreeing. But as I've been thinking about different types of prayer and this time of prayer, I also realized that we also need to pray for ourselves to be Strengthened, Like it says in Jude, encourage yourself praying in the Holy Spirit. We can't pray effectively when we are in heaviness and depression and fearful and anxious. So there's a sense in which we've got to get the pH balance right in our own swimming pool. So when we throw a chlorine or a bit of acid in, the environment changes. What I mean by that illustration is, if we're just praying, 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 but we're praying wrong, it's like throwing chlorine into a pool where the pH balance is completely out. It makes little difference. And we even become despondent and say, I don't even know why I bother. But when the pH balance is right, when our mindset around prayer is according to the word and according to truth, and we don't think we're twisting God's arm to do the things he doesn't want to do, but we realize prayer is agreeing with him for what he already wants to do. We need in our own lives to be praying. Do you need encouragement? I want to share with you three things this morning that I have been practicing in my own life. And they're bringing fruit. And I believe if you'll catch it, it can really help correct the pH balance. You know, in the old days used to have prayer books. Remember the day of prayer books? You know, when you didn't know how to pray or what to pray, or you're feeling too miserable to pray, feeling too down in the dumps to pray, you'd open the prayer book and read, and it was supposed to point you in the right direction. And I think it had some benefit. I don't take away from that. But it was supposed to lead us into spontaneous prayer and not rely on a written prayer. Because if we just rely on a written prayer, then someone else is praying, we agreeing, that's good. But prayer's got to come from our spirit. But I want to give you some... Uh, good news is I'm not writing a prayer book. Was that bad news? No. But I want to give you three things to latch onto. I want to call it a peg. A peg, P-E-G. I want to call it a peg that you can peg your prayer pr- onto, peg your prayer onto. Fathers, let me tell you, praying fathers are powerful fathers. I want to give you fathers something this morning. But I want to give everyone else just these three things that I believe in, in praying in the Spirit to edify ourselves, which I believe is primarily praying in tongues, praying 
But there's also praying in the understanding Paul speaks about. And I believe you'll be encouraged as uh, you take hold of this. So, so the, first, the first one, the, the P of peg is simply this, perspective. My prayer is, Jesus, help me change the way I'm looking at this situation. Come on. Sometimes we just need to realize that we've got a limited view, a limited perspective. It's like flying in an airplane. I, I do this when, if, if it's a clear day and you fly over the pavilion and you look down. It's like this little model toy about this big. And I think, you know, when you're in the pavilion, it seems like such a big place. But when you're at a different altitude, you have a different attitude and you perceive it differently. God, give me a different perception because when I'm in my trouble, it's like being lost in a shopping center. But when I'm in your perspective and I see things from your angle, I see things completely different. Lord, will you change the way I look at this? A great scripture here in 1 Kings chapter 6 gives an example to this point. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. The scripture will come up in the NIV. And when the servant, or 1 Kings chapter 6 verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around the people. God, open our eyes to see that more are they that are for us than those against us. Whatever battle you're going through right now in your life, if you look at it through your limited perspective, it'll bring discouragement, disillusionment, and fear. Prayer number one, P, is perspective. God's perspective is more reliable than my perspective. God, give me a new perspective of the situation. You might see a politician on TV that annoys you and irritates you. And I'm not going to make names this morning because then I'll be revealing my trump card, and I want to keep that for later. And here's how we go about, even in our own closer-to-home political environment. If there's someone who really annoys you and really irritates you, Bible says pray for your leaders. Pray for those who despitefully use you, because you will get a different perspective. When you start praying and say, you know, God, you understand this person better than anybody else understands them. Do you believe that? Do you believe God understands everything there is to understand about the person who's mistreated you, the person who irritates you, the person who annoys you, the person who swerved in front of you at the robot? God knows everything about that person analyzed to the last fragment of DNA in their brain, but God loves them. And when I start praying, through the perspective of a God who loves that person. And I start saying, God, you understand them. I don't understand them. But you know the social uh, factors that went into the formation of their 
worldview. You know the stories they tell themselves that they grew up with. You understand the psychology behind their psychology and you love them. God, I want to pray for them that you would bless them and show yourself to them in a mighty way. I tell you, when you start praying for somebody, you can't stay angry with them for long. When you pray from God's perspective, not just a general prayer like, Oh Lord, would you expose corruption in our government? That's praying about the situation. Pray for the person. Pray for the person. Can't stay angry with them for very long. And you know, when we pray, our hearts change and God changes the situation. This week, I failed miserably. You see, I know you've got to put up with me for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning rambling on about, you know, what the Lord is saying to me. But I've got to live with it for seven days. I've failed dismally. I've got someone who owes me some money, bought something from me. It's a company, a reputable company I won't mention. This time I really won't mention. And they owe me money, and it's been a year now, and it's next month. And then it's, oh, the money is in our account, but it hasn't cleared next month. Oh, the money came, but there was a misunderstanding with my bookkeeper. I'm going to fire her, but next month. The bookkeeper says, my boss is lying. He was overseas next month. This has been going on, and I've got a point of boiling temperature. I've got a point where I was seriously angry. And you know what I found out about anger? Anger is not a bad thing because it's one of the emotions God gave you. It's like... It's like uh, you know, even being afraid and adrenaline and, and fighting an enemy. But you can't live with adrenaline in your system all the time. But the Bible says in your anger, so hello, you get angry, do not sin. And I'm in my car now. I turn the car on. I phone the secretary. I say, I'm on my way right now. I am seeing red. I don't know what I'm going to do when I walk into that office. That scripture comes to mind. In your anger, do not sin. I turn the car off. I take a deep breath. I felt the Lord say, why don't you sleep on it and tomorrow morning I'll come with you. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm like over this now. You know, I'd rather they say to me, we've got a cash flow problem. Can you understand our situation? But don't keep on lying and lying and lying and lying. I go home that night, lying in bed, I hear ping on my phone, go check money in the bank. I didn't have to wait until the next morning. And I felt like the Lord say, when we walk angry with people, we don't see his righteousness demonstrated. And one of the ways not to walk in anger is to see that God loves him. I, I literally, while I was on my prayer walk that same afternoon, I was saying, Lord, would you make that company so successful? Would you just call it? No, no, sorry, Lord. Lord, I need to pray from a different altitude. Lord, yes, bless them. Cause that company to prosper. Protect them. By the time I'm finished that spiritual warfare, my perspective's changed, my prayer's changed. And I want to say to you, there's people who've annoyed you and irritated you, but the longer you hang on to that stuff, the more poison you're putting in your own system and they're getting off the hook because they had a good night, sleep last night, but you didn't. Hello? We hang on to that bitterness, that bitterness holds us down. Some people are holding on to things that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, and it's still hanging on to them. Some leader let you down and disappointed you. Here, newsflash, 
Don't look to the leader. If you look to a man, you will be disappointed. He doesn't have all the answers. He can point you to the answer. That's my job, to point you to the answer so you can go to the answer. Don't point to yourself and then think you can meet people's needs every Sunday by giving them a word from the Lord. No, no, there's a time for that and there's place for that. But we need to get our own words from the Lord because good preaching should point us to the one who has got the right perspective. Amen? And we hang on to things. I thought, God, I've got victory in this, but I believe there's people today that are still struggling in this area of hanging on, and they got stuck. And today, your prayer is going to be, God, change my perspective. Let me see it the way you do. Amen. The E of peg. Expectation. Say expectation. This is my prayer. Lord, help me change what I'm expecting. Help me to expect miracles, good news, uh, surprises. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse uh, 20. Or is it Philippians? Yes, it is. Now unto him who's able, say he is able, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. Say in me. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Expectation. We need to expect that God is going to do abundantly above all we could think or ask. You know, he already knows what you need. That's why when Jesus taught on prayer, he says, don't go on and on about your food and your clothes. God already knows about that stuff. Just believe him for it. Just trust him. Trust is a form of prayer. But your prayer time needs to be directed to something far more important. And that's called the kingdom of God being established on earth as it is in heaven. Seek first that lordship and kingdom. But what are we expecting? He can do abundantly above all you ask. So whatever you're asking for now, he can do more than that. He can do more than we can imagine. I love the prophetic word last week or the week before that Winter's gone and spring is here. Can you latch on to that? Can you start expecting? Maybe I think in the, I don't know which preacher it was, uh, wrote that book, uh, Expect a Miracle Today. Any of you remember that? Expect, it's almost like living with an expectation that God's got something good for you to happen this coming week. Can you live like that? Or, or don't you think you're worthy of that? Oh, that's being arrogant. No, it's not being arrogant. It's being full of faith. It's believing that God is a good God and he's got good plans and intentions for my life. And some of those are going to show up this week. I'm expecting something. I'm looking forward to something happening in my life this week. You know, people talk about coincidences. Oh, you know, I applied for this job. Oh, such a coincidence. You know, my file was on the top of the pile. Well, it's amazing the more we pray, how much more coincidences show up. The more we expect, the more we say, I'm believing this week that some prayer I prayed long ago is going to show up in my life. I'm expecting to bump into people and hear testimonies. And I have. Uh, just this morning I heard another great testimony uh, from Wade. This week I, I met a few people 
about testimonies of trusting for, for employment, jobs coming. One guy in particular, just uh, how that five years ago lost their business, losing their home, everything, got a place, just God, it's all yours anyway. It belongs to you. If it gets taken away, it's your stuff, not our stuff. We know you can still take care of us. They've turned a corner. They are on full steam, six cylinders pumping. I'm bumping into people, and I'm expecting to bump into you with a testimony of greatness and breakthrough. Something you've been praying for. Something you've been longing for. Some desire that God put in your heart. And he said, if you will bring this desire and believe, you can say to this mountain, be removed. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I'm expecting it. Amen? Amen. Janet's about a flower. She says, the plane is jam-packed, not an empty seat. I know my wife desperately needs her sleep. And on a full plane, it's going to be a miracle, but she will get some sleep. So we pray. She phones me from the other side. She sends me a message. Isn't Skype wonderful? Talk more than when you're together. I didn't say that publicly, yeah? She says, you'll never beg. Guess what happened? I ended up with two seats to my right and two seats to, one seat to my left, empty, in the middle row. The plane's jam-packed. I get four seats. I lay down. I put a sticker there, do not disturb, with like a dagger and a gun and a, like a, don't dare to, Janet sleeps, you leave her alone. They brought the food around. I put my eye pieces on. I lay down. I woke up when I heard them saying, will you please fasten your seatbelts to be landing on the runway? I said, wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> oh, you just got lucky there, babe. No, the more you're expecting the goodness and the land of the living, the more you're believing for a miracle, believing for a breakthrough. But we go through life talking about, oh man, I'm just, this has been a mess up. I suppose when I get this money, it's just going to get, you know, gobbled up again. And I know, you know, the petrol price has gone up and now I'm in trouble. And, and we, and we talk about these things. But then we come to church, we say, I'm expecting God for a miracle. But then we've got to listen to ourselves talk. And we'll really find out what we're believing and expecting. Hello? It got really quiet just over here, like, yeah. I thought, you know, God, help me pay attention to the way I speak. Because how we speak gives us a way. It reveals what's going on in our heart. And if we're always talking about, yeah, this problem and that difficult, that one, you know, never going to change and we use language like that, we are hiring our expectation and coming into agreement with lies and empowering them. Instead of saying, I'm going to actually start paying attention to the way I speak and then I'm going to take responsibility for my words and I'm going to turn them around. Because we can fail. You can find yourself saying something like, oh, there he goes, same old leopard, never changes its spots. Hang on, wait. I can change that. I can say something very differently about that person's life. I'm going to expect that the leopard spots are going to be removed because I serve a God who can do the supernatural and the miraculous. And I keep applying for this job, and I suppose if I go and knock, you know, I'll be knocking on doors, and every day it's just the same, and never going to get a job, and I'm, you know, I'm the wrong age, and I'm the wrong class, and I'm the wrong country, and all this stuff. And then we come to church and say, yes, Lord, I expect. 
No, we've got to get our expectations to line up with our words. And we all make mistakes in this area. We all talk in ways where negativity overrules our positive expectation. Come on. Don't look at me like angels now. Happens to us all. I was visiting my brother. I had to get emergency passport. I found myself grumbling deeply. Home affairs is prime ground to plant the seeds of discontent and anger. And after two days of being pushed from pillar to post and told, come back tomorrow, and phoning all over and finding it's the same debacle in all the home affairs, I found out I could get a passport through my bank. I had to get to Joburg, make an appointment, go up there, make an appointment for 12 o'clock. Now I'm go, I go up to Joburg. And I'm grumbling about home affairs and about SEOs. SOEs, rather. And, I'm, and those of you who don't know what that means, that's fine. And I'm just grumbling about mismanagement and absolute circus. And my sister-in-law says to me, you know, Stephen, you're actually quite negative. Now, here's my Catholic sister, bless her heart, who I love dearly, telling me, you know, Steve, you, you're actually quite negative. Because I said, oh, we're going to have to leave early tomorrow. The bank probably hasn't even got instructions. I bet we're going to get there and the people are going to be on lunch break again. They're going to tell us to come back the next day. I've got to fly back the next day. And we've got to leave early because there might be an accident on the highway, which there was, incidentally. But I, I go on like eventually she says, why don't you just expect that you're going to just get there, go through, and it's going to be quick and easy. I said, hey, don't you tell me how to live my life. I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm a pastor. Who's, who's telling who how to, what to expect in their life? Yeah. Hey. 15 minutes to the middle of Hillbrow. Five minutes into the office. Five minutes out. 15 minutes home. In less than an hour, I had my passport and Janet's passport in my hand. Miracle of miracles. We've got to take responsibility for how we talk about things. We've got to pay attention because let me tell you, you're not going to rise above how you're speaking about it. We can sing hallelujah and sing in tongues till the cows come home. But if we are not lining up our words with what we believe, we're playing games. Lord, change my expectation. Positive people are happy when other people succeed. You want to know what's going on in a person's life? Just listen to the way they talk. And if people always grumble about other people being successful, you know they've got serious issues. Positively expectant people rejoice when other people get blessings and get favor and increase. They get happy for them. Oh, did you hear so-and-so went on? They got given a 21-day cruise to the Mediterranean. All bills paid. They are so blessed. Yeah, well, you know, they could have sold that and given the money to the poor. Positively expectant people 
are happy when other people succeed. When other people are blessed, when other people get a nice car, when other people dress in nice clothes, when other people get a promotion in their job, it makes positive people happy. And positive people keep attracting into their lives favor and blessing, and they just keep getting luckier and luckier and having more coincidences and more coincidences. Okay, I think you got the point. I'm not just talking about power of positive thinking here. Because this positive expectation is grounded in truth. That God is a good God. He answers prayer. He responds to our faith in agreement with what he wants. And he never gives up on us. And he wants to continually bless us. Can you say amen? You're waiting for the G of peg. Okay. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to share... The G of peg is grow. Lord, I want to keep growing. Lord, I don't want to be content with where I am right now. We get to a stage where we think we've achieved, we've arrived, we can put our feet up in retirement glory. We have stopped growing. And things that stop growing begin dying. We got to keep growing. This generation needs people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s because the wisdom of the last 100 years cannot end up in a graveyard. We need healthy senior citizens who are still growing. We need healthy young people who are still growing. A millennial generation who don't think they know everything and that the old people are stupid. We need a millennial generation who say, I can learn from other people. I need to keep growing. I need to keep advancing. I need to keep developing. Listen to even the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 verse 13. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Lord, in other words, he's saying, I haven't arrived yet. Come on, church, you've got to pray. This week, I want to learn something new. This week, um, I believe that last week I started praying, God, I want to grow. Tomorrow I want to learn something I didn't know before. And it was amazing how that prayer got answered. Some of you say, I'll never be able to work email and send email. It's for other people. You can grow. You just got to say, God, I'm going to grow in that area of my life. I'm going to stop making this confession about my life. I'm going to rise above that confession. I'm going to learn something new. If I need to develop some IT acumen that I need for my life, I'm going to learn how to do it. We need to grow in our knowledge of God's Word, the Bible. I'm so happy for this next topic we're moving into after the break, the Word of God. Because we need to grow in our knowledge of the Word of God. When we meditate on the Scripture and we speak the Scripture, it transforms our minds. But I tell you, there's some people who know more about the Oscar Awards over the last 20 years than they do about the books in the Bible. You say, turn to Philippians. They say, is that Old Testament? 
but they can quote who won the Oscar for best actor, best drama, production. Over the last 20 years, they can give you word for word, but it's too much hassle to actually know what books are in the Bible. Hello? Oh, Steve, you're just putting the law on us. You don't have a clue yet what the law is, if you think that's putting the law on you. Grow in your knowledge of the presence of God. I want to know his presence better next month than I know today. I want to know how to read his thinking, his thoughts better than I do. I want to grow in every area. I want to grow in generosity. Hey, it's cool to be a generous person. You know, not people with short arms and long pockets. And you go out for coffee and the bill comes and they do the Christian hucker, you know. Looking for their wallet. Oh, I think, 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 oh, sorry, sorry. Be, be the generous one. Say, no, no, I'm going to pay for the coffee. Look for opportunities when you go to someone's house. Don't, we had this guy, he used to go to, the, if he had a bring in bra, he would come with a little piece of sausage and cellophane and a, like a little tin of Coke. That was his contribution to the bring in bra. Stop it! Be big hearted. Take something extra. Hello? Don't come to love feast at the church with a mindset of, I come with one plate, I leave with eight. Don't come to a love feast of the church and say, who can I get in first? Come with a generous heart, a generous attitude. I want to be a blessing to other people. I want to be a giver. Hello? I want to grow. I do battle with stinginess from time to time. I do confess. That's why I'm moving on to the next point now. <laughs> Jesus grew, the Bible says, in wisdom and favor with God and man. What did Jesus do? He grew. And he grew in favor. Do you believe it's legitimate for you to pray to increase and grow in favor? If you don't feel qualified to, then... You need the word to transform your mind because God is a favoring God. And he, you, you, can't out, you can't outgive him and he can't outfavor you. Jesus just grew in favor. It doesn't mean at times people don't like you. You can still grow in favor. Sometimes it's because you're growing in favor some people don't like you. Growing in favor doesn't mean every morning you wake up and float across the ground with a halo on your head. No, favor just means you live knowing, wow, God, you did it again. Look at my life. I've got so much to give thanks for, and so do you. The fact that you're sitting here dressed in your right mind, knowing you'll have a meal today. You are better than 90% of the world population who we need to reach with a message that the Spirit of the Lord is on us for He's anointed us to preach good news to the poor. And good news to the poor is that they got a break in poverty mentality and a corrupt governance and a small-mindedness and coming to the purposes of God because God's got enough to go around. God has got a cattle on a thousand years and that's just the, the starter of the meal. What can you give thanks for? Grow in your thanksgiving. Grow in your praise. Grow in your appreciation. My grandson came home with these little boxes from pick and pay. Pick and pay growing things. They grow herbs. Have you seen it? What did I say? 
checkers. So, pick and pay. Just checking. Just checking. Okay. So we plant these things. We put water on them. It's this amazing little compost, compact little disc. You add water and it grows like this. And it breaks off, off, sticks in the plants. A few days later, excited, little sprouts coming out. But here's the problem. If you don't replant the sucker, it's going to stay small. So now we have to go to go. We did this yesterday morning. It's so fun. Oh, grandpa and grandson in the garden with a spade, digging, bumping him, saying, Stop messing on my table here. Realizing, hey, I'm actually doing this for him, not for me. Digging holes, having fun, planting these things. When they've replanted in a bigger area, they're going to grow to their full capacity. You see, to grow and to keep growing, this has to keep expanding. Koi fish in a little pond will grow this big. Put that same koi in a big pond, and they grow this big. Same fish. And you, some of us are limiting ourselves because we're not wanting to grow, to advance, to increase. We're content with where we are. We've kind of made our fort for, until Jesus comes again. We've got well-established And there's not this prayer, God, I want to keep growing. There's more for me. I want to forget what's behind. And I want to keep stretching and pressing forward to take hold of everything that Jesus has got for my life. Yes, we live by grace. But in grace, we are empowered to get more in the kingdom for this world we live in right now. Can you say amen? Let's stand up together. We want to to peg the service down with a prayer. And I want to encourage you, this coming week, in amongst all your other prayer activities like worship, intercession, if you want to prime your pump, what was that Steve spoke about on Sunday? Peg. Oh, yes. God, give me a new perspective of this. God, increase my expectation. God, I want to keep growing. I want to keep growing. I want to keep growing. And I want to say to you, if you came here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus and been born again, my friend, you can't even start growing. You're still a checkers in the box. When you submit your life to Jesus Christ and ask him to become Lord and Savior, you confess with your mouth, he is Savior. Only then you're taken off the shelf and a journey will begin. So if that's you, and you say, today I want to make sure I give my life to Jesus. After the service, please, I beg you, don't run away. Do a very brave thing. Just come and stand in front of you. Someone's going to pray with you. And you won't be alone because there's some people here who are just so despondent, so discouraged, that they're saying, I just need physically someone just to pray and shake this off my life. Then you come and join them as well. And if there's anyone here needing prayer in the area of what we touched on this morning, you're welcome to stay behind. And I want to ask leaders and people who know that I trust them to come and stand with you and pray with you. But I'm gonna, we're only going to do that after we close the service.
which I'm going to do after this prayer. Can I pray those three things over your life? Lord, would you say to me, Father God, would you give me a new perspective from your perspective that I will not look at things the same. I will look at them through new lenses. Dear Lord, increase my expectation. Help me to pay attention to what comes out of my mouth and take responsibility and change it because I'm expecting good things from a good God. I'm expecting to see a miracle in my life. I'm expecting to hear of miracles in other people's lives. Now, Lord, I want to keep growing. No stagnation, no apathy, no complacency. I want to grow. I want to grow in my knowledge of you, your word. I want to grow in my generosity. I want to grow in my praise. I want to grow into the person you've called me to be. And all God's people said, Amen.